This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. OKC82 Podcast, Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, live from the Franchise Closet. <laughs> yeah! I'm glad you, because if you weren't going to say anything, I was going to say, don't don't be shy about this. We are literally doing this podcast in a closet. Now, most people consider this an office, but because the franchise has so much stuff that we don't need, we use it as a closet. Uh, but yeah, you and I in a closet this morning. Schedules uh, didn't quite line up, so we're having to pull a little bit of an audible here on when we normally record. Uh, so having to be a little bit flexible for both of us. But yeah. He came out the closet. He came out the closet. Well, no, we're in the closet currently. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to get out of here. We're going to have point. to get out of the closet eventually, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, since the last time time we talked, Brady, Thunder's still winning games. Uh, dropped a dud a few nights Quite ago a dud. against the Lakers. That was pretty ugly, but they came back and totally redeemed themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, really quick about that Lakers game, because uh, I actually wanted your opinion on this. The, the Thunder have been blown out twice this year. I go back to the first game, Indiana, game? Indiana and yeah. then the first road game in Portland, where they, I think, allowed the Blazers to score 40-plus points in the first quarter, and they could just never rebound. Uh, in terms of getting back into the game, not physically rebound. Um, this Lakers loss was probably the first time where I really questioned the uh, energy and the want to of this team. Because while they've lost a handful of games, 17 games or, or whatever, um, even in the, a lot of those losses, I didn't question the energy or the effort. But that Lakers game, I mean, Kuzma's just out-rebounding Steven Adams, uh, Quinn Cook is just lofting threes with little contestedness. And I sound like Billy Donovan when I say contestedness. Sure. I can hear his voice when he says it. Um, that was the first game where I was just like, whoa. And it really worried me for their next game against Minnesota because what I thought, and it was a hot take at the time, okay, did they peak against Houston? And then this Lakers game is kind of a, a fall back down to earth. And sure. not saying that the Thunder were going to lose a bunch of games because of lack of energy, lack of hustle. Um, but are they going to now start losing games and that everything in December uh, post Thanksgiving was just kind of a honeymoon period. And I was really looking at the Minnesota game because while Minnesota isn't very good, it's still a road game and it's against a team with Andrew Wiggins that has had a lot of success against the thunder. And then the thunder just basically said, no, that Lakers loss was an outlier. This is what we, this is what we are. We we play good fundamental basketball, something that you can depend on night to night. Are we going to win every game? No, but you can depend on the hustle the uh, identity, we're going to fall into that. And it, it led into the Thunder, probably one of the more impressive victories in terms of how they won it. And then Shea Gillis-Alexander having an historic night. Historic night that everyone's talking about, and rightfully so. Shea has uh, been the topic of conversation now for a while in Oklahoma City. What I liked about that that win at Minnesota is, for weeks, I've been saying, okay, Oklahoma City is one of the hottest teams in the league. Yep. They have been. They're the eighth best team. Fourth since. best record since Thanksgiving and it's like Milwaukee, LA, um, Utah. Yeah, and I think yeah. if you thought the first two weeks they had like the sixth best record in the league. So I mean they've they've been hot. Yeah. Um I keep saying this is a good team. This is a team that's gonna make the playoffs. They're not gonna play this well all year. Yeah, and their schedule's about to get pretty tough. Yeah, the they, they have about weeks. Ten ish games. Yeah, ten, twelve games around there. After that, it actually gets pretty easy again. Um, <laughs> but I've been saying that eventually this is going to taper off. And I thought that Lakers loss might be the start of the downturn. Of not now all of a sudden they're in the tank and they're trying to get the number one pick. But just go back to the, okay, they're actually probably about a 500 team. Yeah, I said the Lakers loss somewhere. Like, bookmark this loss. Because this could potentially be like, oh, this is where it started. But 
I mean, they rebounded very well with the Minnesota Minnesota win, but yeah, it was just it was interesting because I've had that same thought too. Yeah, and so now obviously they come back home tonight. They're playing the Toronto Raptors, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no. yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, okay. I was uh, my the long was, pause. Like, oh, yeah, I must. Mine was thinking. elsewhere. Uh, yeah, Pascal Siakam. No, uh, I believe Norman Powell is playing. He oh, played. big loss. Um, I believe he's back. The Raptors haven't played in three days. Their last game was on the twelfth. Yeah, so they're coming in pretty and rested. No Mark Gasol, no Fred Van Vliet. He, they he, got stuck in customs in Oklahoma City. Uh, well, I mean, you got to have your, uh, your, your you have all your documentations. Yep. Yeah. So obviously that's going to be a big time game, and it's going to be a big time game. Not necessarily because standings matter a whole lot to either one of these teams, but because if I was going to say about two of the more interesting teams in the league of how they're currently constructed, Oklahoma City and Toronto. I mean, they both are. Better than people thought they were going to be coming into the season. They both have a budding young player who, you know, some people are labeling labeling as the future of the franchise. And they both have veterans on good contracts that you feel like if they decide they want to trade, they could get some value for. Now, do they want to keep all those guys? And you see, you don't know who I'm talking about, Oklahoma City or Toronto. Do they want to keep all those guys around and try to make a push this year? Or do they want to try to sell for max value? That's really the question of the season. Both of those teams are addressing that and they're facing off again tonight. Yeah, and you know, we I actually we talked about this on the franchise morning show t- today. Um what what roster like who is more talented? Who is the more talented roster? Toronto Ten- or Oklahoma t- City? Tonight. So that means obviously no Mark Gasol like they're not not 100% healthy basically is what I'm asking. I would assume Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Now when they're 100% healthy, I think maybe you, a Toronto by a small margin. Yeah, and especially with the experience of winning a championship, uh, you got to give them the edge, but it is really interesting because you know, going into last season, in last off season, um, or two years ago, I should say, um, Masai Ujiri basically swings for the fences and does. Uh, in in my opinion, it was kind of a rebuilding move because you probably assumed we're not going to be able to keep Kawhi Leonard, but at the same time, we we really opened the window for the short term championship run, and they won the championship. So good, good congratulations, for them. good on them. But then he leaves. Your fan base, your your bosses, if your massage ownership is not mad at you if he leaves and then the team craters because sure. you've, you've won that championship and it allows you an out to basically remove yourself from the DeMar DeRozan teams where if you were going to rebuild, it was going to take a few years because that team could win a lot of games in the East, but we all knew how that movie was going to end. So that's happened. Now the Thunder are not necessarily in the same situation because they're not going to win a championship this year, but their short-term window is very... Like, there's potential there. What is the ceiling right now? They're Just so we both know what we're talking about when you say potential. Let's Okay, let's say that they can keep... Their their potential for it to be higher than the six seed, because um, e- even in this scenario, I don't know if they can jump to the five seed, but let's say if they're able to keep Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, but still add a guy, because they they cannot add a buyout guy if they want to. They're going to have the open roster spot. But if they're able to add a player that really helps this team, they could potentially jump into the five spot. That's yeah. about as high as they can get, though. There are two games behind right now the, of the six seed. They're three and a half behind the Rockets um, at the five and seed. And I don't think they can really even get the five seed even st- even in that scenario because you know teams like Houston uh, teams like the Clippers they're going to start giving a crap at some point and then really take off and go on some winning streaks yeah a uh, little under talked about topic right now Utah is currently the two seed in the west did you know that yeah they've won 10 as games of in last a row, right? night as of last night they're officially uh 
Yeah, they have won 10 games in a row. They're officially the two seed in the Western Conference, the 28 and 12. Denver, three. Clippers, four. Houston will be playing on the road in the first round right now. The Western Conference overall, I thought was going to be better, like Golden State being horrible. The Pelicans, you know, have actually put together a mildly good stretch here recently, being bad. The Sacramento Kings being bad. I wasn't expecting Portland being below average. San Antonio, I wasn't expecting Nobody all that. was expecting Portland. I, I was expecting them to be not as good as they had been the last two years because I was just waiting for this ride to end. Yeah. But this is comically bad. Yeah, I picked them to be seventh in the West. Right now they're 10th. And I'm sure um, you picked them to be seventh in the West, knowing the Western Conference was going to be pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. Now they're still good, but I I think we're all a little surprised about how the drop off from like the fifth seed down is like oh it's pretty pronounced than it has been in recent years. Sure, and well from the seventh seed just to the eighth seed, from the Thunder down the Grizzlies. I mean, you're talking about a seventeen or a nineteen and twenty two team, a twenty three and seventeen team in Oklahoma City. That's a huge drop off. Yeah, I mean, didn't Fred Katz put out something about like the dwindling mid- middle class of the NBA where the Thunder are the only team that projects to win in the 40s? Everybody else projects to win like 38 or lower or 50 or higher. Right. Yeah, I it's, mean, we're hitting a stretch here where it's it's real. The, the league is really starting to have the haves and the haves nots. Without looking on top of your head, tell me the seeding in the Eastern Conference. We try to go a little more league-wide on this version, okay, this so episode. We've got one, Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, two, would that be Philly? Nope. Boston? Yep. Uh, three, uh, Philly? Nope. Miami? Yep. Four is Philly? Nope. Good God! Uh, Pacers? Nope. Um, Thunder's opponent tonight? Oh, Toronto, of course. Yeah. Number five? Philly? Nope. <laughs> The Pacers. The Philadelphia 76ers are sixth right now in the East. Good God. Sixth. Come on, Brady. What an idiot that's that not guy a, is. It's, no, that's not you being an idiot. Philadelphia should never be the sixth seed. In the East. Never. Never. Now, I think we've talked about on this podcast our opinions on their roster. It's flawed. It's very flawed. But still, not the sixth seed, not this late in the season. And we're this will be the 41st game of the year for the Thunder, so we've reached the numerical halfway point. Yep. Halfway through the season, Philly should no, be nowhere near the sixth seed. How, how far back are they at the two seed, though? Three and a half games. Even still, I mean, are, is Miami going to start losing? Is Boston going to start losing? No. Like, Which no. you had to, and Victor Oladipo's coming back from Indiana this week. And, you know, I that's going to obviously help the Pacers. I always err on the side of caution when a player returns from There's injury. There's going to be a couple of weeks where they struggle. Yeah, because you got you to rehash you know, chemistry. Victor their ceiling to, is a lot higher with Victor Oladipo. Of course, and it'll probably, it'll probably be much better in the postseason because enough time will have elapsed by the time he's returned, and if he's still healthy, even if Indiana is like a five seed, like do you want to play Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, Devonis Sabonis, and those guys nope. in the first round? No, I wouldn't. No. Yeah, so uh, take all that into consideration. The Eastern Conference is all over the place right now. Uh, if you had to guess at who 7-8 and eight was, just, just to play the game all the way through. Um, not Atlanta. Nope. Atlanta um, is 9-32 and 32 on the year. Yeah. But don't worry, they're trying to make win-now trades with Andre Drummond. Oh, well, speaking of Andre Drummond, is it the Detroit Pistons? Are they 7-8? or eight? Uh, Detroit Pistons are not. Detroit is 14-27. and 27. Oh. They are five games back of the 8th seed. Uh, Magic? Yes, Magic is 7 at 19 and 21. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That is terrible. So uh, the 8th seed, 18 and 21 on the year. Who is it? Kyrie Irving's Brooklyn Nets. Oh yeah. Yep. Kyrie had a good return game. He did. 
although he he was playing the Hawks. His personal numbers this year have been great. His win-loss record has not. No, but that's everybody else's fault. Everyone else's indeed. Even though the Nets were kind of a fun little team last year that had some potential. Okay, so again, developing storyline right now in the NBA. Obviously, New Orleans came out of the gate sluggish would be an understatement. They Awful. They were horrible. No reason for them to be this bad, by the way. No, 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 like no. Portland. There's no reason for you guys to be this bad. Correct. And so New Orleans, I mean, really was struggling. I mean, they're so bad that even if Zion's healthy, I mean, unless Zion is literally the next LeBron James, Zion's not putting, as a rookie, is not putting that team over the top for well, a seven-win team or whatever they are to a well, more respectable record. Well, here's the, here's what I'm saying they're flying under the radar. Won a little money on this team, which is why I know this. Oh, okay. Seven and three in their last 10 games. They're 15 and 26 now. They're only three games back of the eighth seed. Now they're 14th place in the West because there's a whole lot of teams between them and the eighth seed. Yeah. Zion Williamson coming back. Obviously, they have all these veterans that they signed this year. They were a team that most people assumed heading into the trade deadline was going to be a seller. If Zion comes back and they can rattle off, you know, four out of five, six out of eight, you know, and get some winning streak going here. Suddenly they might not be a seller at the trade deadline. Yeah. And guys like Drew Holiday, who everyone assumed was going to be moved, or JJ Redick, might be fighting for a playoff seed. Well, I, I'm interested to see what their who are their their last ten opponents. I mean, what's their? I schedule? can tell you. Okay. Give me a moment. All right, let the internet um, load. That would be that would be my first question. And even if it's a respectable schedule, and it probably is, because if they're 14th in the West, then there's not many teams that they're going to be playing that are technically worse than them. Um, but again, like. It shocks me how bad they were. So them kind of catching fire does not shock me because I had a lot more respect for this roster even without Zion Williamson. Sure, me too. And like I'm excited to see Zion play. I don't. I, I honestly don't know what to expect though. Yeah. I, I really don't know what to expect because he's an incredible athlete. He's a supernova of an athlete, but he can't stretch the floor. And when we we all know players that kind of fit that description in the league right now that are very very good because they've been in the league for a long time and they've made their way. But if you can't stretch the floor, you're easy to defend. Sure. Uh, last 10 games, win at Denver. Good. Win against Indiana. They blew out Indiana by 24. Good. The Thunder can't even do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, they beat Houston at home by very 17. Good. This is very promising. Yeah. I lost to the Lakers by four on the road. No shame. Uh, beat, the Cl- uh, beat Sacramento at Sacramento. Thunder couldn't do that. Lost to Utah at home by two. No shame. Uh, blew out Chicago. Blew out the Knicks. Now, this one is pretty glaring. Uh, lost at Boston by 35 uh, and then beat Detroit in overtime. That's a very that Also, that loss at Boston was the second stretch. night of a back-to-back. That's a very promising stretch. Yeah, it's, I mean, they've beaten some really good teams. Well, again, they, they've got good veterans, and they've got a capable scorer in Brandon Ingram who's finally showing like how good he can actually be. Um, th- this doesn't surprise me. It just surprises a lot of people because of how bad they started off the season. Right. Most people thought they were going to be fighting for that 7-8 seed. Yeah, and a lot of people thought the Thunder couldn't make the playoffs because of teams like Portland and New Orleans yeah. taking up space. And San Antonio. And, and, yeah. And, and the Golden State Warriors, who are the biggest turn of events. Yeah. Every, some people predict they wouldn't be in the playoffs. And that's fine. No one predicted they'd be in the bottom of the lottery. Three of the Thunder's wins came against New Orleans, so they're done playing them. They are. Um, the Thunder will they play. They have one more, actually. February 13th. Oh, Okay. In New Orleans. Ooh, that's going to be tough now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a hot ticket. Um, the Thunder playing, I guess, the Blazers. They play on Saturday. They play them another time since they're a divisional opponent. That'll be in Oklahoma City. 
So you take care of business there, You at least if you're trying to make the playoffs and this team remains intact, you just take care of business there. You give yourself a lot of wiggle room. So New Orleans, if you have Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick, who are going to be hot commodities, if, if available, you move them for future assets, you try to make a run at the eighth seed. I would potentially try to move J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick has made the playoffs every single year he's been in the league. We need that streak to continue. Yeah. Just for my own. Because he's a commodity that a lot of teams, even teams that, like, I'm not saying that the team, a team like the Lakers has anybody, anything to give to the Pelicans, but I'm just, what I'm trying to say is the Lakers are so damn good, but they would still want a J.J. Redick. So he's, a, he's an asset that would attract a lot of attention. Sure. And it's kind of like Portland. Portland going after Danil Gallinari right now or this season doesn't make a lot of sense anymore because you want to go after a rental to chase the eight seed. Okay. I mean, you'd have to give up some stuff that you're willing to part with and maybe even some stuff that you're not very willing to part with. Just go ahead and punt on this year. Like if you make the eight seed with your roster intact, fine, but don't, you're not going to maximize your ceiling that much more by going after a rental. That makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 you're exactly right. And so, Danilo Gallinari, a guy who we all thought was going to be moved for sure, no doubt. Zero chance he does, he's yeah. in Oklahoma City for the whole year. That, start, that feels way more likely by the, as the days go by. About a month away from the trade deadline. Thank God. Any uh, people that you're watching around the league or Thunder players, I guess? What is the, what is the most interesting story going into the trade deadline? Well, I, was, I would have said J.J. Redick if we didn't talk about it. We already talked about that. Um, um, Thunder-wise... I mean, I don't know. We it feels like every other week we hear conflicting reports. Like we hear somebody saying like uh, they're very willing to sell, and then ten minutes later, like I just got off the phone with Sam Presti, and he said that they're willing to buy or they're trying to make the playoffs. See, have you? I haven't seen reports that they're willing to buy. I've just seen people speculate. Do you know who might be a candidate to on the trade market to try to improve their roster? Well, that's that's the thing. Like I, I've always said that the Thunder are open to about every single option presented to them sure. because a lot of those options point to ultimately like future long-term growth and success. Like they're not going to do anything that pro- like inhibits them from developing in the future. Right. But I think one thing that they're probably not willing to do is trade maybe a first round pick and maybe, um, in, I don't know, somebody that they don't think is going to be involved in the future of this team. So that, that doesn't include guys like Danilo and Chris because those are assets. I'm talking about a guy like maybe they just don't think Terrence is long for this Thunder world, um, and he's not a high end player on this roster. But a first round pick in Terrence to just go get like an aged vet, like let's say Kevin Love. Don't go after Kevin Love because it it's not going to help your future. The roster would be so topsy turvy. I think you'd agree with me that Kevin Love makes more sense for Portland. Yes. For all the reasons that Dylan Gallinari does not, yeah, because you get him for more years, right? Yeah, okay. Um, but basically, what I'm trying to say is, you don't trade away stuff that helps you right now to maximize your ceiling right now. Like, just go into the playoffs as the seventh, possibly the sixth seed, and enjoy it. Um, enjoy the development that that comes with Shea, Darius, Hamadou in playoff basketball, and then take care of business in the offseason, whether that's trading Chris Paul, whether that's signing trading Danil, whether that's maybe even extending Danil Gallinari. Sure. Like maybe, like maybe the Thunder can do that. And the Thunder have made a little bit of a history of retaining players that um, when they have like a year to sell the franchise to them, they've had a history of signing guys like that, like Paul George. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see if uh, Stephen A. Smith's trade comes through of Kyle Kuzma oh, yeah. and cap filler for Devin Booker. 
That sounds like a deal of all deals for me. I wouldn't do that if I'm the Lakers. No, you wouldn't. If you're the Lakers? I wouldn't do it. No. Kyle Kuzma and cap filler? I think Kyle Kuzma is a good player for the role that he has. I think he was miscast as the role that he had the previous few seasons with the Lakers. I don't think he's a number two guy. I think he's a very fine high-end three guy. I don't know what Devin Booker is on a winning team, and I don't want to find out in the middle of the season, in a season where the Lakers are one of probably the best team in the league and have a clear path to an NBA championship. You don't want to find that out right now. I think Devin Booker's a better player than Kyle Kuzma. I don't know how good he is on a winning team. He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. Well, you can say the same thing about Kyle Kuzma. Well, he at least has the experience with this roster and LeBron James mainly. Now, LeBron would make Devin Booker better because LeBron is one of the best facilitators in the world. But I don't know. I, I just So you're saying Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, Catavius Caldwell, Pope. The Lakers say no. I mean, Danny, like, Danny Green's a guy I can trust in the postseason. Oh, stop. I can't believe this is where you're going with this. <clears throat> I just I don't know with Phoenix, man. Anything from Phoenix that's young. Like somebody asked me about Kelly Oubre the other day. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you don't want him. It, like a Thunder fan, obviously. He's got great hair. He's got weird eyes. Great hair, though. Great hair, but he's a he's a Sam Presti draft pick, and he's playing for Phoenix right now. And so like, there's just something about culture, which is why I keep pointing to, hey, this is important that Shea is learning how to win meaningful games. He's sure. not just putting up these awesome triple double numbers in 20-point losses where it doesn't matter. I would trade for Devin Booker for Kyle Kuzma, but that'll never happen. Um, another interesting guy, just and no reports. Just, I'm literally just throwing out a name. Just What is Brandon Ingram in New Orleans doing? He's showing off what he... I mean, he's a... He won't make the All Star team. No, he won't. I mean, a lot of players but in the if West were, don't make the All Star team. But if you were good. if you were to remove photos and names and just to lay out all the cases, case A, case B, case, he would be a Western Conference All Star. Yes, it's just the fact that he's a young guy and he's playing for a bad team. That's why he's not going to make it. And if, if wins and losses are like your major component for the, you're not wrong. Everything's an opinion, but statistically, Brandon Ingram has been one of the best players in the Western Conference, especially in the last month. Yep. He's hitting a restricted free agency. He's going to get a max offer. Deservingly so. Is he a part of New Orleans' future? Does he make sense alongside Zion? It really Williams depends and- on how New Orleans finishes out this year. If that 7-3, and three, if that kind of, if they can sustain that. Do you think this is real, Brandon Ingram's season? I think so. Okay. With him, it's just been situation and health. And he's in a, not a very good situation, but a more stable situation. For sure. And he's healthy. And so when those two things align, like I, I always thought he could be a 20-point-per-game scorer in the NBA. He's got all the tools. Um, now, I would love to see him in a postseason. I would like to see what type of player he is in the, on, on the big, biggest stage. Um, we may not be able to see that this year unless they keep this up and catch the eight, <clears throat> excuse me, catch the eight seed. Um, I would like to see, like if Zion comes back and is a good player, I would like to see that team grow. Because sure. they've got a lot of young talent. And I, I just like to see young talent be cultivated in one spot. And they learn how to play with each other. They The chemistry is great. And then they become something. Because, I mean, okay, he's going to get a max offer, obviously. Where is he going to go? Like, what team are you hearing, are you seeing that, like, oh, yeah, they need Brandon Ingram and they've got the cap space? You know what I mean? Like Atlanta? 
Do you want to see Brandon Ingram? In I, no, no, no. I'm just trying to think of teams who would actually be able to afford the max. Atlanta, offer. are they the only team with cap space? Cap space? No, no, no. There's eight teams <clears throat> next season. They're going to have cap space. I just know Atlanta has the most. They have sixty million. No, I mean, like Trey Young and Brandon Ingram sounds fun, but I don't know if Atlanta's ever going to be good. Like other than Trey Young, they've like missed. I mean, it's still too early. Like some of their draft picks still, but I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a bad franchise. <laughs> uh, well, that you know, total transparency. They are a bad franchise. I don't know if anybody's really, really uh, tied up with that. Travis Schlank. Yeah, I'm trying to find a list of the teams that have cap space in 2020. I saw it the other day. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Not a lot of teams are going to because they're they're saving up for the uh, the following offseason, the more important one. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the big name in that one that everyone's very excited about. I've never heard of him. Never heard of him? No. It's a hard name to pronounce and to type and to write. Ask Madison Morris. Okay, so sorry. Okay, here's the list. Uh, the New York Knicks, they will do anything. <laughs> Let's not cross out. The Knicks will they, they will be the first team to like, hey, Brandon, you want to come to the uh, yeah. Garden? R.J. Barrett's been a superstar. Uh, Sacramento Kings have about $18 million. The Clippers right now are projected to have about a million, but I assume that's because they have player options and stuff like that, team options that will have to get picked up. Uh, and then Atlanta, New Orleans, Dallas. Dallas is kind of intriguing. They won't have a ton, but they will have some. Dallas could be a threat. So I bring up all the, the Brandon Ingram thing entirely. If you're New Orleans and you're like, we're like 65% sure this is real, but there's 35% of us that are terrified that he's just the only scorer on the team. Yeah. Big, big stats. And we're not team. entirely positive if he's going to uh, be a staple of our future. Yeah. Is his trade value going to be any higher than it is right now? I mean, what do you do? Do you basically just do a Paul George Shea trade? Young where, asset and draft Where I just trade for, for future stuff. Oh, not, you, not Paul George and Shea for straight up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what they could get, and that's why I find it fascinating. And, I, and New Orleans, I assume, won't be interested in trading Brandon Ingram. But if he was available, he makes things really interesting because he is a good player who can really move the needle and unlike all the other good players that can move the needle he only is making seven million dollars this year yeah so he becomes a lot more available for a lot more people Mm -hmm. and so who would all of a sudden be like whoa whoa, that guy might be able to put us over the top we'll figure out the rest up the road but he could he could help us this year i mean he could be a win now move for you know virtually eight teams ten teams in the league hmm and Lonzo Ball's another one I would watch too. He's what, been uh, what could, underwhelming. What could Philly do? Like he'd be perfect for Philly. Philly needs him because Ben Simmons has no desire to do anything to help out Joel Embiid, other than just here's the ball. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to stretch the floor. I okay. can't stretch the floor. You could you could swap them basically straight up for each other. Yes. Uh, but that will never happen. There will never be a, a player for player trade. There's like something will have to be like yeah. So everyone has to feel like the winner. Which team has to attach an asset? Who who's having to give up more? New Orleans, right? Yeah. Man, that w- that I'm just sitting here thinking about Brandon Ingram on Philadelphia as opposed to. That sounds fun. Yeah, because uh, Philly could absolutely go all in and try and get a guy like Brandon Ingram, and then 
Dennis Schroeder via trade. Yes, they to they, fix their flawed roster. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to. Uh, I was trying to see if they could snag Drew Holiday or Brandon Ingram some type of a package without, but they'd have to give up Toby or uh, Al Horford. Yeah, yeah, not worth it. Yeah, I don't know if that's worth it for New Orleans either. But Brandon Ingram for Ben Simmons is interesting. Although I wouldn't do it if I'm New Orleans because if they don't, if they are unaware or can't prognosticate. Hey, will uh, Zion be able to stretch the floor? Can you imagine a non-floor stretching Zion and Ben Simmons on the floor at the Can same time? Can you imagine time? those pick and rolls, though? Can you imagine how easy it would be to scheme to stop it? Those two pick and rolls? The other three guys could shoot. Other three guys on the floor How many times shoot. do we we get players and say, just surround them with shooters like it's easy? I'm, just, I, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying if the other three guys could shoot. I mean, it, they yeah, can start it, Drew Holiday, inter- JJ Redick, Ben Simmons, Zion, and Derek Favors, who could shoot corner three. Shot it's him a last very year. good defensive team. No, they couldn't stop anybody. Um, <laughs> Poor Drew. He's going to have to do everything. <laughs> Drew Holiday's going to do everything. I don't know. It's just interesting. No, it, it is. I mean, this time of year is always fun. But And I mean, let's see. They are. I mean, Ben Simmons is one year older. He's been the the league one year longer. So. I, I just want there to be a fun trade deadline day because I feel like last year was a dud. Yeah. The year before that was kind of a dud. See, I'm excited because it usually past- coincides with the Thunder doing something. If the Thunder do something, it's a. I mean, obviously for us, it's it's interesting and fun. Yeah. But it feels like when the Thunder make moves on trade deadline day, everybody does. Yeah. I will say, uh, normally going into a trade deadline these past few years, it's been hey, it's volatile. It's volatile. Something's going to happen. It's going to be a big move. The big these big names are on the move. Boston, yeah, all this <laughs> stuff over and over and over and over, and then nothing happens. This year, I'm hearing a lot. I'm, I'm listening and reading. A lot of people say, "Don't get too excited. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Too many players are making too much money. Too many players are not making any money. It's really hard to come up with a good trade. Too many teams are on the fence." Lowing you into a false yes, security. and then all of a sudden it's gonna be nuts. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that. Hope so. Brandon Ingram for Drew, for Ben Simmons is now my favorite theoretical trade that'll never happen. Yeah, Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson is the most athletic pairing that I can possibly imagine. If he was healthy, Brandon Ingram with Blake Griffin would be fun. Yeah, Detroit's a weird one too because they they're like, yep, everybody's for sale. Everybody, yep, everybody. Sell, sell, sell. Luke Everything Kennard, must go. The guy we drafted just a couple years ago. Yep, get rid of him. He's a bum. He's a well. He has now a, he's, he's not. Bum. He just plays for Detroit. He just plays for Detroit. So everyone in Detroit is a bum. The only only te- guy on that team that's actually a bum is probably one of their better players, Andre Drummond. Like I've I've never been a Drummond guy. I'm I sorry, Andre Drummond. I, I would never want him on my favorite. I don't team. hate him personally, but um, well, you're right. Hate's a strong word. I don't like his basketball play. What, what is it? His twenty rebounds or his twenty points that you hate more? Uh, the rebounds, because a lot of his rebounds, like it feels like I feel like every time I watch a Pistons game, he gets like three or four rebounds from his own misses, which is <laughs> which is good, but don't miss. <laughs> you're right under the brim and you're seven feet tall. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, well, trade deadline day is coming up, and I'm excited. I'm excited to watch all these teams kind of move around. I know. What day is trade deadline day? I'm sorry, I keep having you look stuff up. Because can you imagine if it's a Wednesday? Oh, that would be awesome. We'll, we'll record live through it. At the press. It'd be right around the time where stuff goes down. February 6th, which I don't have a calendar in front of me, of course. Well, well, goodness. This podcast is never prepared. Let's see. We are... 
That is a Thursday. <sighs> well, why don't we just... No, nope, hold- we can't audible. No, no, well, let's just hold off on that Wednesday podcast and do it on Thursday. Yeah, we'll do it on Thursday. Do the Thunder play that Thursday. That's the next... Of course I do. The next hurdle. Yeah, because they just... The Thunder don't like my schedule either. Let's see. I want another... I want another... Uh, they don't play. They play two home games. Um, they play a home game against Cleveland on Wednesday, and then Detroit home game on, on Friday. Friday. Speak of the devil, he shall appear, Andre Drummond. So we'll either, we'll either see a drastically different team on Friday, or the exact same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not making any not a whole lot of middle ground the team in the short term. The only the only thing that they can do realistically, in my opinion, is get a buyout guy because they're always going to have that open roster spot. And third third trade for Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Why not? What would that, what would have to happen? Um, nothing. There's nothing those under have really outside of picks. Los Orleans just wants picks. I, I, hey, uh, what's his name? GM name escapes me. New Orleans GM. Oh, David Griffin. David Griffin. He loves him some picks like Sam Presti does. He does. Hey, if if they have apps, well, then again, why would the Thunder go after him at the same time? Could they trade Andre Robertson and like two first rounders. Give you a Robertson, Terrence, two first round picks, pick swap. That's too much. That's too much. I would be interested to know if Thunder fans would be willing to do like basically Andre Robertson and a couple picks for Brandon. They're not trading Andre. They're not going to like. They're not trading Andre. I'm telling you this right now. You know why? I know why. Everybody listening to this knows. I have heard. I did read somewhere. I wish I could credit who it was, and I'm very sorry. It was not. It was not a local person. It was someone nationally who hinted at the fact that. That might actually be possible because there might be people who know that that might be coming to an end as far as his basketball future. And if that becomes clear, that's like, okay, he's never coming back. Yeah. Then he is literally just a number on a sheet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Thunder would not trade him until he got to that point. And I don't know if that point's coming. But from what I read, if that ever happened, and it may or may not, and I don't think it will, but where if Andre ever retired or announced that he wasn't coming back to basketball, then that obviously becomes a little bit easier to do. Well, I mean, what's the difference between that and now, where he's just just an expiring deal? Because you don't have to bring him back, right? If you, trade well, I guess, there's him. always the outside hope that he shows up for the last 15 games of the year. Well, and if he does, then it's like okay, he was a one-sided player, regardless that hadn't played almost in two seasons. So it's like if he, no, we're past two seasons. It was December yeah. this past year. Yeah, it's like over 740 something days since he's. Since he got yeah, hurt. Yeah, December 12th or 15th or something like that. Two it'll years be, ago. If he comes back, if he plays basketball again, it'll be over 1,000 days. Like 365 days from now. That's incredible. It'll be over 1,000 days. That's it's incredible. Yeah. They're not trading Andre, though. I'm sorry. They're not trading Andre. They're not. But if they trade him for Brandon Ingram with two first... <laughs> if they do that, then I'm going to go to Sam Presti's office and um, I'll just shake his hand and say, you do... You... Sir, you're very good at your job. You, sir, did you see Wob's tweet the other night about what when Shea had his 2020-10 game? Um, it was just he like quote tweeted a highlight of Shea and said, uh, if Sam Presti calls t- and asks for a trade for one of your young assets, hang up the phone or call the police. <laughs> good call, good call. <laughs> I never understand why like GMs even give Presti the time of day because like he traded everyone's James Harden. for like, the hard- yeah, James Harden trade. That's I, all they want. I, I get it, I get it, but. My God, the dude just swindles teams. People always assume that, well, I'm not as dumb as that guy. 
I guess that's what it has to be. Yeah, everyone thinks they're smarter than everyone else in the room. General managers have to be that way. They always think and they're the smartest guy. Every fan base, the second a trade happens, thinks that, thinks that they've won the trade. I can't think. I mean, other than people like, thought no, the Russell Westbrook trade, people were not initially happy about. Here, yeah. Well, that's because people that, didn't like that, Chris Paul. That's an emotional thing, right? They didn't like Chris Paul. Now, if you, and then also Chris Paul is going to go to the Heat in five minutes. So, if you knew that Chris Paul wasn't going to be immediately traded, and you remove the emotions from it, I think you can look at that situation and go, eh, "It works for both teams in some ways." But I think Chris Paul actually is the, at this point, a better player. It's so hard to define because Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's a more talented player and a more capable player with his athleticism right now than Chris Paul. But Chris Paul is a better player. And what I just said contradicted myself, but it makes sense in my If I'm head. trying to win games, I want Chris Paul. There you go. If I'm trying to win games three years from now, probably want Russell Westbrook. Probably still want Chris Paul. Oh, <laughs> Brady. Unless he just gets hurt. I mean, his, his game's going to age like wine. Like He doesn't beat anybody off the dribble with his speed. He just beats it because he knows before the possession even starts, I'm going to do this, I'm going to hit this guy, and it's going to work. Power to him. All right, Brady. This is the Wednesday uh, NBA edition of the OKC82 podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Um, Next Wednesday, we plan to be back at the press for lunch, so if you're interested, come hang out with us. We'd love to see you. Oh, yeah. Please. I want to have my salad. I look forward to it. I look forward to my salad as well. All right. Till next time. Peace. Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.